What's up, guys? Welcome back to Fearless as Fuck, the podcast. I am your host, Christina Lauren. Excited to have you back. If you are here for the first time, welcome. This podcast has been a passion project of mine, and I have been bringing on some people who I have looked up to in all avenues of the fitness industry, the entrepreneur industry, and people who I have met along the way that have somewhat inspired me for so many reasons. And today I have the owner and CEO of Till You Collapse, Brian Nabavi, visiting us via Zoom from California. Welcome. What's going on? I appreciate it. I'm so excited to have you here. Brian is someone who I look up to in the fitness industry and as an entrepreneur for many reasons. And he is an overall just good human. And that's another reason why I have so much respect. He's a father of four, been in the fitness industry for 27 years now. And if you have not heard of the brand Till You Collapse, you need to hear about it. It is a clothing company that I also work with and that Brian is the CEO of started from what $300 in your pocket and now has grown to over eight figures in revenue. So congratulations on that. Thank you. And from what I understand too, you are also a mindset mentor, business coach, and Mm -hmm. many more things. So I would love to hear a little bit more about what you're doing now and um, introduce yourself to everyone who doesn't know who you are on my podcast. Of course. Of course. I appreciate the, the intro. So, um, Man, I don't know where to begin. Fitness is uh, my life, honestly. It's something that I have the most passion for. You know, I I started at a young age, taught myself how to work out. I was a really overweight kid. Um, I was made fun of for my weight. Um, So back then, in the olden days, (laughs) uh, there was was no social media. There was no podcast. There was none of this shit that you can find out how to work out. So, you know, I just picked up... uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding, an 800-page book at 12 years old, read it front to back, and I knew that I just wanted to be a bodybuilder and get in shape, you know, so between uh, 13 to uh, 16, 17 years old, lost about 50 pounds, built muscle, found my passion of fitness, I felt good, I looked good, and that's kind of where it sparked and started, Um, and then I got into the fitness industry. I was a personal trainer for big box gyms, like 24-hour fitness, Gold's gyms in my area, um, just crushing it. You know, I'm sales in my background. I love sales. I'm Persian and Italian, you know, so we sell anything to anybody. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like selling 40000 plus a month in personal training solely myself. So just crushing company records and changing people's lives. I had clients that almost lost 200 pounds with me. Very fulfilling. Like I still miss that like helping people change their lives and really being on the ground with them training them seeing them um talking to them every day there was a great feeling doing that it's it's just it fulfills me because i was that person i've lived it and experienced the feeling of you know not being comfortable in your own skin so uh went from there um you know and I made a huge mistake at that point. Um, I, I, and I want you guys to listen to this. And this is something that a lot of people do that I don't want you guys to do is I, um, I left my passion to chase money. Um, and a lot of people chase money and it's not their passion. And that always ends up bad. And I'll, I'll tell you one of the lowest parts of my life that ended up to that point. Um, I went into the real estate industry, uh, probably two, three years too late. I went right before the big crash in 2008. um, And I made a lot of money. I mean, I don't come from money. I've never seen money. So I made like six figures my first month. I went from being a trainer, you know, training, you know, um, 
50 hours, 60 hours a week, which is a lot for our personal training sessions, a lot of training hours to, you know, barely even making any money doing that. Cause we know the money and that's not that much when you do it for a big gym, um, to, um, here's a hundred thousand dollars your first month at 20, 25 years old. I'd never seen or even felt money like that before. Um, so of course I, you know, I thought it was never going to end. I spent it like water, you know, I'm balling. Here I go. Let me fucking buy everything and everything, um, with no savings. Let me just spend it because it's never going to end. And then at this point, um, at 25 years old, I had my first child. So I had my first kid at 25 years old. Um, it was a blessing unplanned. Um, and uh, by 26, 26 and a half, uh, we, I was pregnant with my second child. I wasn't, my wife was, but you know, you know what I mean. Uh, but, but um, uh, you know, pregnant with my second child and um, the mortgage crash happened, the huge recession in 2008. Um, I went from making great money to uh, literally nothing. Um, and that was one of the lowest parts I've ever felt it's honestly it's a chip on my shoulder that really drives me every fucking day um that fear and that feeling is right here and there's honestly a day that doesn't go by that I don't think of that because I I pride myself I'm kind of old school you know I provide for my family I'm the sole provider I'm the man of the household um and I failed. I failed as a man. I failed as a father. It was a really deep, deep, dark place. Um, I literally remember the moment when like we had nothing, we were being kicked out of our place and I have a new baby here, a baby on the way. Uh, I remember uh, vividly um, we were hiding from the repo men because the repo men were coming to take our car. I'm standing in a bedroom in a dark bedroom because it's night. And we're turning the lights off so they don't know we're home and they're flashing. And I share this with you because this is very vulnerable. Uh, it, it causes me to get emotional sometimes too. It's just like a, it's, it's one of the lowest points I've ever felt in my life. Um, and I remember it vividly, like just, you know, feeling failure. Like I fucked up as a man. I fucked up as a dad. What the fuck is going on here? that is what drives me every single day, even now. And that's why I push so hard. People think, you know, you're successful. I'm not even touching success right now. And it drives me every single day. So I want you listening to this, whatever you're going through, whatever you've gone through, make sure you learn from it. You got to fucking learn from it. So you don't make the same mistake twice, experiences, losses, failures, you learn from them from them. You don't want to make the same mistake twice. And then also you got to use that shit as fucking fuel for your fire. So it's not, you know, you don't want to live in the past. You don't want to dwell in the past. You want to look forward. you want to move forward, but there's some power in taking some shit and using that shit as fuel when you need it at the darkest, the hardest days, use that shit as fuel. So then um, went through that, you know, lost everything. I literally up until about four years ago, I mean, my credit was 500. I, I couldn't buy anything. Like I was building this company and I'll get there and I'm going to try to be as quick as possible because I know there's multiple things you want to talk about. Um, and I don't know if you want me to just keep rapping or if you want to ask any questions. Yeah, I no, I just, I just tell my story. 
I, I just really like what you said right now because I feel like when people really do get lost or fallen off track, the key factor is to go back and find your why. I mean, even my coach has reminded me of that a few times with fitness when I feel like I've fallen off. He's like, do you remember what it was that kept you driving the last time you were feeling really good or the last time that you felt your most powerful when you were doing your best work. It was because there was something that fueled you. And sometimes it stems from like pretty painful or very like specific incidents that go th that you go through in your life. And I have some of my own that I'll, I remember like it was yesterday and it stings and it hurts so bad, but sometimes that's what you need to push forward. And you're right. It kind of sits in the back of your head sometimes because you're like, man, I don't want to wind up like this ever again. Like, yeah, it was rock bottom for me. Whatever this person's rock bottom can look like, it's different for everybody. But that place is somewhere that you almost use as like a marker and you know you'll never get back to that point because it literally pushed you forward and catapulted you forward. 100%, 100%. Um so as far as, so I said, forget this, I'm getting back into fitness. That's my passion. So if you guys have a passion, don't ever fucking leave it. And it, sometimes it's hard to figure out how to make a living and how to monetize your passion. But as long as you can figure out a way to do that, that's what you need to do. Because I am, you know, I've been 27 years since I started working out. I've been working in this industry my whole life. I have a company in it now and I still work 12, 15 hour days. I still work six days a week, sometimes seven days a week. And it doesn't feel like work. I love this shit. It's, it's just, it will always feel this way because it's what I love. And um, so I got back into the fitness industry, but at this point I have two kids. Um, I need to start making some real money, you know, or, or quote unquote real money. Right. Um, so I got back into the gym, went back to a box gym. And I, I needed to become management and get into sales because they made more money than personal trainers and stuff like that. So I come broke as ever driving, driving my dad's hand me down car that barely can make it to the gym. You know, I'm, I'm back here, went from making, you know, 100, 200 grand, two months to broker than broke, like 50 grand in debt, zero in my bank account. Here's a car given to me because all my shit's taken, but hey, whatever, you know. Um, and so I went there, um, started entry level gym sales. And under a year, I went from entry-level gym sales to um, the general sales manager of some of the biggest gyms in our area. They were uh, over 100,000 square feet, so huge, huge gyms, managing teams of uh, five to 10 people, doing sales training, memberships training, personal training, sales training. Um, you know, very quickly, I rose because of, you know, the things that I'm good at. I'm horrible at a bunch of things, but the few things I'm fucking good thing at is I take action, take action. I do shit before I even know what I'm doing all the time. Still to this day, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I'm doing it and I'll figure it out along the way. My work ethic is unmatched. I will fucking work harder than anyone out there. And um, I'm disciplined and consistent as fuck. And those three things are like my superpowers because everything else I'm horrible at, to be real. Now, um, do you feel like somebody who can harness their discipline, who can get an unmatchable work ethic, can outwork somebody with all the smarts? Because, you know, you hear people who are like, well, I don't have the education to do that. I wasn't 100%. gifted with parents who could give me a loan for a business or I mm -hmm. it's, it's just all the excuses. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, those 100%. are definite hardships. But how would what would you tell somebody who their first 
you know, reason is for you like, oh, I can't because of this, 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 and this. I tell them, fuck your excuses. Yeah. <laughs> that's all that's all people are that's all people are full of excuses. I barely graduated high school. I didn't go to college. And what you said right there, um, the core of anyone being successful in fitness and business is those things I just talked about. It's and fitness, I feel like fitness, anyone that's competed, anyone that's really pushed their body to an ultimate limit, they can be successful in business. There's no reason you can't because the parallels of fitness and business are two and the same. The discipline it takes, like you just did your show, you look fucking amazing. The discipline it takes to get your body in that shape with the eating, the training, all that kind of stuff, that's shit that most people don't have in anywhere in their life. Not just fitness, but daily routines, business, everything. You take that discipline from fitness and you actually harness it. And I talk to the competitors about this all the time because a lot of times competitors, they have just such a one track mm -hmm. mind. All they want to do is this show. They want to turn pro. This is all they want to do. And I'm like, motherfucker, do you realize with that work ethic and that discipline that you're doing for that plastic trophy and that show, which is great. I've done shows. I may do a show again. I get it, but I'm trying to open your mind up and help you realize if you took that and harnessed it into something you're passionate about and focused it into making money, you'll be a millionaire. Right. You, you can't just get stuck in you. like the tunnel vision of just like Exactly. You already have it within you. And a lot of them do, and they don't take it and do anything with it. And I try to empower them and tell them, you have everything you need right there. It's just focusing on the right thing, focusing on something you're passionate about, figuring out, and then doing that over time. It takes yeah. time to build something great, you know? I've had a lot um, of people ask me about why I compete and why I stay competitive. And it's interesting because they're shocked to hear that it, the majority of it isn't just about getting on stage. It isn't just about winning a trophy or like looking the best. Like the physical aspects of competing are like the cherry on the cake for me. Like that comes with it. But I don't think to kind of like piggyback off what you said, I don't think I would have been able to level up in my business or even have the guts to follow an entrepreneur life if it hadn't been for taking steps in fitness because taking steps in fitness show you that you can have control over an outcome. And 100%. It, yeah, 100%. it's your body, but it teaches you like mental fortitude and just like oh, resilience 100%. and it's, so much it's that everything. I never could have learned. I mean, yeah. maybe I could have learned without it, but it kind of put it on the fast track. I wouldn't be sitting in this chair. I guarantee sure. and, you. And, and here's the thing. And I talk about it all the time. Everything that we have to become a millionaire, we're in control of every day. Mm -hmm. People want to make excuses, talk about their situations, talk about, I don't have this. I don't have that. You have, you fucking woke up today. You're alive. You have another shot at this day. You control your attitude and effort every day. You control what you put in the day and what you get out of it. Mm -hmm. And people people don't want to look at themselves in the mirror and realize they were a lazy piece of shit today. Or they because that's hard. That's effort. hard to admit. They gave they gave half effort. You know what I mean? And it takes this shit for years. It takes years. I'm not talking about a week. I'm not talking about a month. I'm not talking about even one year. I mean, I'll, I'll get into my story now. Um I'll continue. So I, I got back up to that and then I'm making, you know, more cons better consistent money than I've ever had. I'm making 150 grand a year. I'm doing fitness. I'm loving it because I'm loving the gym. I love the gym life. I'm, I'm doing it. But here's the problem. I like to practice having kids. I like to have kids. So I, I keep popping kids out. So I think at this point I have three kids. 
not me. I don't pop them <laughs> out, but you know who does. Um, I, I have three kids. Um, and my kids, if anyone that follows me now knows, I fucking live for my kids. Like that, that they're my everything. And, and, and they're the freedom is what drove me to become entrepreneur and become successful. Like that's the number one goal is the freedom to do what the fuck I want, when I want. If I want to leave at two o'clock and go to my, my little daughter's soccer practice, I'm going to do it. No one's going to tell me what the fuck to do. So that was the main driving factor behind this. So I'm making 150 grand a year, which is a lot of people's goal. They're like, oh, I want to make six figures. I want to make 150 grand. You're balling. No, I'm broke as fuck making 150 grand a year in California, sole provider for a family of, I mean, at this point, there's five of us and I'm working seven to nine, seven a.m. to 9 p.m. I'm working seven days a week. I'm not seeing my family. I'm missing. I'm going leaving when my kids are asleep. I'm getting home. My kids are asleep. I'm missing their games because I have to work because they're telling me you got to work. You got to hit these numbers or whatnot. And I'm crushing. I'm crushing company records. They love me and I'm making good money, but we're still barely paying our bills. We have no savings. I'm not there as a dad. I'm not there as a husband. I'm starting to fail again. So, and another thing is cars. I'm very passionate about cars. Ever since I was a little kid, I had posters of Lamborghinis, Ferraris, Porsches, everything on my on my wall. Cars are a big part of my life. Every car I've had growing up, I modified, um, and I just raced and everything like that. So I love cars. And I'm like, well, this isn't fucking working for me. I'm broke as fuck. I'm not seeing my family and there's no way I'm going to drive a fucking Lamborghini like this. So mm. what do I do? And that was, that was about nine years ago. That's when I just sat down. And I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta make a change. Um, I gotta start a company. And that's when Instagram really started. Social media started. Um, and I'm like, okay, you know, I always was kind of online. I'm always been tech savvy. Um, and I was like, okay, I need to create something where I can make money online I can use these social media platforms, um, you know, because online money is like you're making money 24-7, even when I'm not there, you know, I'm, I can get orders in. So what am I going to do? You know, fitness, I love fitness. I knew I, I, knew I wasn't going to make that mistake and leave, leave that again, right? So I was like, how can I do fitness? And I was like, I'm going to do apparel brand, fitness apparel. I'm not fa a fashionable guy. I'm not into fashion, but I'm like, fuck it. I, I know I love fitness. This is going to be my segue. It's going to be online. It's going to be on social media. So that's what I'm going to do. So I went home that night. I remember, remember it very vividly. I went home that night and I was trying to figure out the name. And I was like, what the fuck is the name? I mean, the name is kind of important. It's not the biggest thing in the world, but it definitely matters. And I, I need the name to mean something and be something, a representation of me and who I am and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I came up with the name Till You Collapse. And Till You Collapse is like an aggressive name. It's not a normal name for like a fitness company. You see all these fitness companies nowadays and stuff like that. And they kind of have random names or whatnot. And the, the, the difference between my company and my name is the meaning behind it. Till You Collapse literally literally and figuratively like the mindset and the work ethic that it takes to be successful in fitness to push your body to the ultimate limits in business to have a successful business is your effort you put in every day a hundred percent effort if you literally leave it all on the field and give all you got every day Maybe not literally till you collapse, but figuratively, that's that's really when you think about that, it's a very powerful thing. And even myself, there's times when I don't do that every day. I mean, it's hard to, to work at that level every day. But if you can at least do as close as you can give every day, and I'm talking seven days a week, give that kind of effort, 
do things that most people don't do to get to places most people don't be different be unique have pride in everything you do you know all those kind of core values put the fucking cart back all that kind of shit be be different you will get to your goals it will take a long time but when you wear my clothes i want you to feel that i want you to work harder i, I honestly i want you to have pride in what the name of the brand means and it's real and the person that built it lives that shit so so i came up with the name and I taught myself, I stayed up literally all night. I downloaded, I cracked and hacked. You remember in the back of the day, all those hack websites and shit like that. I fucking illegally downloaded Photoshop. I didn't pay for that shit because I was broke as hell. I cracked it. How can I get it. this for free? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I installed it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to make a little logo. I'm going to make a design. And it fucking was horrendous. It fucking sucked. But your first one it's, always sucks. And that's okay. A hundred percent. And that's what I'm trying to tell people. And this is a very important lesson right here. People, I, I, I started with 25 t-shirts and 25 tank tops. And I was slanging them out of my trunk. I was slanging them at the gym. I was slanging them <laughs> out of my trunk. People literally locally remember me selling shit out of my trunk. And I love when they talk about it. And the shit sucked, but people bought it. And here's why they bought it. They bought it because they supported me and they knew that I was a representation of what the brand meant. I lived it. I breathed it. It wasn't just some show. It wasn't some facade of me trying to make money. I was actually passionate and I was living something that I was preaching. So anything that you build and anything that you do Obviously, it can't be fake. We're in a world of a bunch of fake shit and fake people, but it has to be genuine to who you are. And as long as you're genuine, as long as you're doing something with your passion and you stick with it, you will be successful. But it's taken me nine years, guys. Like I said, nine years of working harder than you've ever worked. And most people can't do that for a week. So that, that's the difference right there. So I, um, I started selling them. Started making some money from it, um, you know, out of my, uh, started the social media. And like I said, I was back then, no podcast, no social media. Uh, here's this dumbass guy teaching himself everything, you know, marketing, design, fashion, website design, social media, uh, Google. I taught myself everything. I've done photographer, videographer. I was doing everything probably for the, the first four years. Um, I was top to bottom, everything for the company. And so here's the thing. After the first year. I was making six figures, gross, gross guys, six figures, gross in California with a company. I'm lucky if I'm bringing home 50 grand. So, I mean, it's not like I'm balling plus I'm making what I'm making from the, the gym. But at that point, those were like literally 18 to 20 hour days. So when you're building something, there's no balance. And also everyone's definition of balance is different. You can't go off at some kind of cookie cutter definition for balance. Everybody's family, everybody's definition of balance. But when you're really trying to build something, I'm sorry, there's not going to be much balance. It's You can't have balance when you're really trying to grow. And um, so it was 18 to 20 hour days for about a year straight. And then I was like, something's got to give. Like this was, I was even at a worse point. Like talk about burning the can out both ends. I was like, I got to make this leap. I'm going to be self-employed. For the first time in my life, solely, I'm quitting. You know, people thought I was crazy. 150 grand a year, you're quitting. Everyone was like talking shit. Everyone's like, you're selling these shitty t-shirts. They have no idea what I'm going to make. You know, family's like, you're going to support your family with t-shirts? Are you fucking crazy? What are you doing? Because my family's old school. They wanted me, A, they wanted me to go to college. And B, they hate, hate tattoos. So we know how that ended up. 
Yeah, um, quite the opposite. So, uh, yeah, I'm the black <laughs> sheep, and I'm also the most successful person in the family now, but I'm like the black sheep. Um, so I, I quit, and the gym really didn't want me to quit because I was the most successful uh, general sales manager. They had a, a, a district position um, where they wanted me to be the district manager overseeing like six or seven huge gyms making 200 plus grand a year. So when they got when I was going to quit, they put through 200 grand in my face and I'm still broke at this point. And I have this company that's, you know, I'm not really making any money from it's just breaking even barely, but it's still some extra cash. Um, you know, don't leave. Here's this and talk about a difficult decision. I got, you know, family I'm supporting. I don't want to go back to that dark place I've been. Um, but I said, fuck you, fuck this. I I'm betting on me. I, I believe in me and I'm doing this. And then this is when the real work started. Those next four years, three years after that, um, there really wasn't much growth in revenue. And then you take away the 150 grand paycheck I had, right? So I was making 150 grand from my company, uh, the company I was working for. And then I was making, you know, 100 grand gross. I mean, nothing though from the other company. So I was making more money than ever to, Take away 150 grand. Here's just 100 grand gross to support all your bills, support your family, all that. And I worked, you know, harder than ever. And this is the thing that most people don't see. People see me now, the cars, whatever. I'm so far from where I want to be, but they see my success now. And those those three years were the hardest three years ever because I wasn't making shit. I literally worked 15, 20 hour days. And then I had to slang and flip shit on the side, Facebook marketplace, putting pennies together, change together to just pay my bills and feed my family. And that's the reality of it. Selling shit out of my trunk all over the place, not making any money. And that's and that what no really... one sees. Like, you're right. No one really wants to see that. Like, oh, this person just must have had this. And that's where more excuses come in. They'll make up excuses even about other people to make it mm -hmm. seem like they just had it easier. And that's another reason why I love when people actually tell their success stories. And like, you didn't mm -hmm. see the dark days. You didn't see the days where mm -hmm. I like wasn't sure if my electricity was going to come back on yeah. or I was sleeping on an air mattress or had no car yeah. or this, that and the other. But that's when the belief in yourself comes in because for sure. I don't think being an entrepreneur is for everybody. There's been times no. where I've doubted myself. No. I yeah. you can ask any of the guys even in here who are like, what, Christina didn't show up for like three months. Like where the fuck did she go? Cause you just have imposter syndrome kick in. Like, can I really fucking do this? Like, who am I to do this? Do you have people, like you said, telling yeah. you, telling you like, what do you, what do you, what do you think you're doing? Yeah. Like, is that really going yeah. to work? And that noise can get really loud. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All the time. Um, but you, the sky's the limits for you. I mean, you need to take your story, your experiences, shit like that with the amount of lives you can impact and you have impacted. You need to even double down on it and go harder. You're not going hard enough. I know. Talk to you about yeah. that <laughs> I knew I was going to hear that at some point today. <laughs> but uh, um, You have to so, bet on yourself though at the end of the day. Oh, and I think that's the common denominator. I've And it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Trust me, it's hard, you know, um, but we're going, going along, and then we I have the worst year ever. So it's like the fourth year in, we gross, we go, went from grossing, like at this point I was grossing as a company, grossing as a company, um, about 150 grand a year. So almost like what I was paying, you making at the gym, but this is, you know, self-employed now. Um, 150 grand a year, the next year is 80 grand. 
So almost the revenue almost got cut in half. Um, and then that's when I knew things needed to change. Just the way the company was back in the day, it was just different designs. It was kind of crazy shit. And it wasn't, it wasn't like as far as trends and it wasn't really, a, um, it was just not a, what's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't really a design. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't something that everybody would love. It was more of a, a niche, niche look. And it was like crazy prints and shit, like donuts on your ass and like mm-hmm. pizza and like crazy ass prints, right? And that can like, get a, trendy, a, but. <laughs> a, a, a fat guy running a leggings company, what do you expect? So that's, that's what it was. So, um, you know, I was like, fuck this. You know, we need to go more of the Lululemon look style, something just more uh, neutral colors and just more, you know, uh, clean and, and sexy and cute and that kind of stuff. So I, I you know, most people would have freaked out. I have no savings. I'm already struggling. This is this is where mental toughness is everything. Your mind is everything. You believe in yourself, um, and you you have the toughness to get through these tough times because most people crumble. And that's another one of my superpowers: is my mental toughness. I am broke. I have no savings. I'm never going back to that little place on my shoulder that I've already been right. And I I, I go from 150k to 80k. Um, it just, and it was like quick, it was like quick. Um, and I have the gym, the gym is still, still people hit me up from the gym. Come, we got 200 K waiting for you. So I'm here broke again. The company's tanking. It's a test. And I have two, and I have 200 K here waving in my face. That's a test. Right. It's, right? Talk about it. <laughs> That's a right? test to see if you really believed in it as much as you for say sure. you do. For sure. And, um, so that's when I'm like, fuck this. This is a real business. This is a real company. At that point, I'd be running out of my house. It was in my garage. I was selling out my trunk. I'm like, I'm not treating this as a real business. How is it going to ever grow like a real business? I'm like, I know we're broke. I know we have no money. I'm fucking going to rent a warehouse. I need to find an employee. I need to start to level this company up. And I know this is not the best time to do it because of where it is financially, but this is what it needs. And I totally, I revamped the whole company, all the products. I went there, I remade the whole website, taught myself how to do all that kind of shit. One man show, did all that, got more active on social media, got girls promoting the brand like like you do for the brand and really was heavy on that and pushed on that. And that, this was about um, four and a half, five years ago. Um, and then I did that. And we literally went from that to 1.1 million in like six months. So I went from literally like nothing the broke ever in my life, 80K for a year to over seven figures in like six to seven months. It just skyrocketed. Um, and then, you know, ever since then, we've been continuously growing, building, evolving. Uh, you know, when we're now in a 5,000 square foot warehouse with the on-site gym that we're busting out of. So, and that was a 900 square foot warehouse, the first one I moved into. Um, and I'm just doing this shit. I'm still figuring shit out daily. I'm still figuring out shit as a leader. Um, like I said, this is my first rodeo. Um, and there's a lot of shit I don't know. But all I do know is I love this shit more than ever. I live the meaning behind the brand. And I never will not live it. And I'll keep it going. And it will never fail because I'm behind it. I'm the heart and soul behind it. And uh, yeah, it's been growing. And now we're kind of here where we are. And honestly, we were growing like crazy. And the last couple of years, especially the last year, has been hard as fuck. Our mm-hmm. revenue is tanked. 
the world's tough. It's been crazy. There's more competition than ever. Fashion apparel, especially the industry I'm in, where you see on Instagram, there's a new brand every day. It's hard as fuck. Um, people are broke. All of our customers are broke. They can't pay for their gas. They can't, they can't pay for their groceries because of inflation. So why are they going to buy a pair of leggings? So the, over the last year, especially right now, recently, um, it's more of a feeling of back to where I was in the beginning, because for a while there it was growing. I don't want to say it was easy, but it was definitely easier. And I actually feel more alive now than ever. Cause it's almost like when I get challenged and I'm against the wall, um, I love that shit because I, I like to be challenged. I like the work and the pressure behind it. I love pressure. Most people crumble under pressure. Um, I thrive under pressure. So um, it's definitely a challenge now. We've revamped a lot of stuff. We're revamping our product line. We're bringing new stuff to the table. And it's just, like I said, price is a competition. It's just reality of where we are right now in the business. And we're just adapting and overcoming. And, and we're doing really good now. We're in a good place. So um, I'm thankful for it all. You know? That's awesome. What would you tell somebody who doesn't do well under pressure? Because pr I, I feel like I do better under pressure too. For some reason, there's something about kind of getting the light lit underneath me. That's like mm -hmm. you have to make something happen versus you have yeah. more flexibility. I've noticed about myself and this is something that I have to continuously work on when I feel like things are a little bit they're running smoothly is when I start mm -hmm. taking my foot off the gas a little bit. And, that, and, that's, and that's actually, nature. that's, yeah, it is. But that's also not when to do it. And yes. there are some people who are kind of the opposite. And when there's a little bit of pressure applied, they, they fall to pieces. And mm -hmm. that's also not what needs to happen too. So I, you know, I've had to ask people ask me like, how, how do I manage to do multiple things at the same time and, and all of this stuff? And I mean, I have my own ways, but how do you feel when your back's pressed up against the wall? Like I know naturally you're saying that you feel like you thrive under it, but what's the mindset behind being like, okay, there's pressure. I'm not going to let this push me down. Or is it just your past from what you're saying, keeping you from like, I'm not going back to this place. Well, um, the they, the real easy answer to that is, and probably your answer to it too, is this is all. I I didn't I didn't grow up as a kid like this. Like I am who I am based on experiences and losses, and I used to not thrive under pressure either. Most people don't off the out the gate. How do we thrive under pressure through experiences, through losses, through winning, through remembering what we're capable of through small wins and big wins? So the thing is, I say the experiences, and you just have to realize that one thing that people don't want to do is you're going to lose. Like I've lost more than I've won, and I'm going to lose more. And I, I actually love losing. I don't fear losing because I know every time I lose or I fail, the, the the knowledge and experience I gained from that has caused me to 10x forward when I apply what I've learned or I, or I don't make the same mistake twice. So everybody is so scared to lose that they're just playing it so safe that I don't want to lose because losing in our society is like it's so bad to lose. You know, you, you know, it's, it's such a negative thing. But like in, in life and entrepreneurship, when you realize that like the most successful people typically have lost the most, mm -hmm. like all my all my super successful buddies, like, you know, um, we talked about Andy. I was texting Andy yesterday, today, too. Like I talk to Andy all the time. That guy's lost more than anybody. And look at what he's done. Like, uh, you know, Ed Milet, I talk to him all the time. That guy's lost more than anybody. And look at what he's done. So it's like all these people. And there's you hear about all the time people that have gone bankrupt three or four or five times, failed companies. 
before their company that really makes it because they've taken those losses, they've taken those experiences and they've fucking grown from them and they've applied what they've learned. Right. And then they become successful off of that. And the thing is, everybody just, you, you know, how do you get back to your question? Cause I always fucking go off on mm-hmm. tangents. How, how do we, how do we learn to thrive under pressure? You, you experience pressure. You have mm-hmm. to take action under pressure. So through your experiences, like when you, when, you know, by trying and doing and being pressured under pressure, then you get a small win. You remember, okay, I've done this before. It's just experience typically is what it is. Um, you know, put in the reps, you have to put in the reps and it takes years to do that. And to realize that the guy you see here and the super successful people you look up to when they were your age or when they were just starting, they were that we were the exact same as you. We're all we're all the same, really, when it comes down to it. And I, I understand you put these people up on pedestals and you look up to them. But at the end of the day, we're all really the same. It's just honestly. And the thing here, it comes down to time in the game. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to take shortcuts. You see me posting about taking the stairs all the time. There's no fucking elevator. Stop trying to take shortcuts. Take the fucking stairs step by step, day by day for years. That's what it takes. And everybody wants it quick. Everybody wants it easy. I'm here to say it's not fucking quick and it's not easy. I don't care what these fucking fake gurus tell you. I don't care what these fucking nerds trying to sell you their programs online are telling you. Coming from a real dude that's lived it and still lives it every day, like it's going to be hard as fuck and it's going to take a long time. Once you realize that, it's going to be a lot easier for you going through the process because I didn't start my first company until I was 31. I'm 40. Like, I mean, so whatever age you're at, whoever you're looking at, realize that like you're you're 20 years old looking at a fucking 40 year old dude. You have 20 years, years to do this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's also never too late to I know that I even personally got in my own head about that quite a few times because I decided to switch careers still in the midst of switching careers currently at 34 years old and that's happened over the last four years. And I remember thinking like, man, I'm in my, in my early thirties already. Like this is, this is crazy. Like, why would I be giving up my, not giving up, but like transitioning out of a career that's made me money from when I was younger into something that I can, I'm taking a bet on essentially, like even, even with the podcast, but for some reason there's heart behind it and you have to follow that. And I don't think entrepreneurship is for everyone, but I think everyone can do it with the right mindset and work ethic. But that's obviously like Mm. we talked about, not something that you are just gifted with. It's something that you Mm -hmm. learn and grow into and experience. And, um, I think you get better as you go. I definitely am not the person I was four years ago. That person could not be doing what I'm doing right now, but that also came with putting in the reps and having all of the hard times and the losses and the ups and downs of, of finances and money mm-hmm. and just everything. And it's, it's honestly, it honestly can be very terrifying, but I think like what you said is so right. People forget that the people that they're looking up to online you know, they've been through that shit too. They just have more reps under their belt and they've had mm-hmm. the experiences and gone through it all multiple times to be where they're at right now. And it's a continuous learning lesson. 100%. And here's the thing, bet on yourself. You are your best investment. Like, like I said, I'm my best investment. I bet on my fucking self every time. So, I mean, you're no better investment than yourself. And, and, and talking to you, like, you know, and I'll, we'll talk more about you offline, but um, yeah, that's the thing is people just don't bet on themselves. And this shit is not for everybody. This shit is not mm-hmm. for most. 
just like competing and extreme fitness, not for all that everyone. Kind of the par- paralyzed with that, like it's a very small niche. And then like, you know, the pressure it takes. And the thing is, is society now, they try to glamorize entrepreneurship, especially with social media. They try to make it sound easy, quick. They make it sound like it's for everybody. It's not. The pressure, the stress, the work, what it takes. Most people aren't built like that. And I love that. I love being different than most. And, and society needs most people doing those nine to five jobs and just and just doing that kind of stuff. But like I said, there's people like us are rare. You know what I mean? Like it, we're not built the same and, and that's just the way it is. You're right. And I, I'm glad you mentioned the whole glamorizing entrepreneurship. I see it a lot on TikTok, especially because a lot of people are doing these like day in the life videos, which by all means is so amazing, but it's like my day in the life as an entrepreneur, like wake up on my own schedule, have my coffee. And it's, they're making it so pretty and dainty and just like, so go to this crazy lunch (laughs) with my friends and have cocktails and this. I'm like, that's not real. Like that's that's not real. real. If I remember correctly, like I barely got any sleep, like rushed out of bed, rushed here, like freaked out because I potentially forgot another part of my other job and like ate my food in my Tupperware on the way here. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. That's that's, real. That's That's real. real. I don't have time to film it. (laughs) the, The dangerous thing with that is that puts this foul, this false narrative and this false picture in these kids head on tiktoks because those people are being fake those people are definitely never truly successful people that have built something from nothing and they're just doing that for the attention and people like really buy into that shit 100 it's, it's not good it's not because it's, a, it's addicting said, to reality. watch it's very addicting yeah, it, to it's watch. entertaining it's entertaining yeah it's it's it would be nice if it, if it was, but that's not reality, right? Right. And we live in a world of, of content creation being huge. Like that is that is a full-time job at this point. And even mm-hmm. people who are just creating um, content that's pleasurable to watch is a thing. So there is a mm-hmm. huge misconception, in my personal opinion, from like what reality is and from what for people sure. are just creating. And it's sure. hard to decipher, especially for somebody who is younger and looking up to people who are there watching online and they're like, oh, well, this person had it easy with this, 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 and this. So the more raw, real shit that's coming out online, I'm really appreciating because yes. as much as possible, I know it's I know it's mm-hmm. hard, but there are people who share the raw, real For truth sure. behind what yeah. it really takes. You have to. And that's I try to do that. I try to be as transparent and, and real on social media. And I tell people all the time, like, A, people need to share more on social media. You need to create a personal brand. Your personal brand is very powerful in the future in anything you do because everyone looks at you online. And in twofold, that personal brand better be a good uh, reflection of who you really are in real life. Because a lot of people have this brand online or even they filter and they Photoshop their pictures so much and they don't look anything in real life as they do even on social media. I've dealt with that a lot of times where I meet people and I'm like, you're going to look the same. Who the fuck are you? A, you can't do that. And B, like in your content, in the way you talk, in your mannerisms, everything, like it should be a real reflection of you. And I get it. Sometimes you got to add a little sizzle to the steak to get more attention. And that's fine. As long as that steak is genuinely you, if you got to add a little more energy or whatever, you got to get people's attention somehow. That's understandable. It has to be, be you know, it has to be genuinely you. And then also what I tell people is just like, don't overthink it. Like whoever, and I say this all the time, whoever you are, like if you, if you have a couple mushrooms and a couple drinks, whoever that person is, 
whoever that real person is when you're at home with your significant other or with your best friends that that unguarded unwalled real person is when you know you, you you're a little loosened up that's who you need to be on social media all the time and right. that's how people will feel you they'll connect with you and that's how you grow legitimate following of people that that have a feeling of who you are and the problem is Everybody wants to create a facade. Everybody wants to be a fake. Everybody wants to be something they're not or what they think people want to see. And that's the problem. Yeah, I agree. And it's, I mean, that's got to be really exhausting to have to feel like you have to uphold this image that you've created of yourself online when that's not really who you are. That's just setting yourself up for failure, honestly. It yeah, really is. It is. But um, it's, it is really nice to see more genuine, real, raw, authentic personalities on social media. It gives people yeah. hope. Seeing people like that was the reason I felt co more comfortable to share my own story on social media because I felt like more people needed to see that. And when people started stepping out and doing that, I'm like, okay, I think people are actually starting to like more of the less perfect photoshopped yes. edited mm -hmm. content and more of the mm -hmm. real life stuff so it's really refreshing to see that and i think most people are kind of honestly standing in their own way i know i was from doing all that because like you said just show up as yourself well you know you know where that stems at right you know where that stems from it stems from caring what other people think always yeah. trying to impress people always like i don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about me Honestly, because I know who I am, and people that know me know who I genuinely are. I get a lot, I get a lot of shit, and as you, as you, here's the problem: a lot of people are so worried about that they almost hold themselves back. Mm -hmm. Like you're holding yourself back from being your authentic self. You're holding yourself back from really leveling up and being successful because you're worried about what people think. I, I I coach entrepreneurs all the time that are seven eight figure earners that are scared to buy their dream car because they're scared of what people will think of them driving that car. They're scared of what their friends, their family will think. And, and I'm like, so you just worked your whole life. You've built a successful company. You've earned it. And now you're fucking ashamed and scared to buy something you wanted your whole life. That kind of shit, I have no tolerance for that because it's like, and that's the society we live in. And I, I, I deal with it all the time. I'm like, you need to buy that shit right now. You need to have pride in it. You earned it and never be, ever be ashamed of your accomplishments. And that's sad. The society we live in, so many people feel that because all the negativity and hate from people that from the outside in, mm -hmm. they're worried about bringing that attention. Yeah. I mean, you get it on the way up too. Like you get oh, the people, like you said, time. doubting you on the way up. Why would you do oh, this? That's kind of crazy. And then once you mm -hmm. finally get there, they're either asking you how you did it or they're like, yeah. oh, this person changed yeah. there to show off oh, there, of this, course. this, this, of but course. it's not, it isn't, I mean, yes, there are, there are people who are in oh, it for oh, the wrong reasons oh, for sure. Yeah. And there are people that change too. I can't stand motherfuckers like that. There's people that change. Yeah, there, there is. But honestly, for me dealing with so many successful people, and we all kind of have the same story, we all kind of have similar qualities at the core. That's why we all get to the point we get to. Um, they're mostly just really good down there people. There are those ones that put a bad taste in people's mouth, that nose in the air and just think they're too good for everybody and fuck everybody. They forget where they came from. Yeah, mm -hmm. but that's more of 
the rarity from what I've noticed with my circles, I don't know, certain areas you live in and stuff like that. I feel like it may be different. Right. Um, but, but from what I've noticed, if you really, and that's the problem is some, some person may have had a bad experience with someone successful or they got a bad vibe from them. And then they, they put everybody in that same circle. Right. So anyone that's successful. Right. And that's never, you know, that happens in any arena too. Anybody who's, who's in the fitness industry, they're full of themselves. They're vain. They're, you know, obsessed with themselves, but that's, that's, there's, there's always groups in everywhere that have like the bad apples essentially, but um, most of them are not like that. No, like I want to help. Like I truly like from my fucking core, my soul, I want to see people win. I want to help you win. If I can help you win, if you can win bigger than me, that fires me the fuck up because I know who I am. I know how hard I'm working. I know what I'm capable. So motherfuckers winning bigger than me, you're fucking putting the work in. I respect that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I, I just don't know why there's more of that mindset. You know what I mean? I, I think there's plenty of it out there for all of us, really. Yeah. And it's the way you look at it, too. I think that somebody who is in a position where they see a group of people like, let's say you, yourself, um, Andy, and they could be like, oh, well, and they, they kind of like go back into the excuses route. where like, well, I, I can't associate with that because it's like it's almost like threatening. But if you can look at it, like, these are people who I want to be like, I want to surround myself with more successful people because I want to learn. I want to adapt. I want to try and figure out what they're yes. doing so I yep. can be that way too. Yep. Versus being like, well, fuck that. They 100%. had it easy or they, they this, that, and the other. There's so many things that people could say about people who are successful. I personally prefer to surround myself with people who are doing better than me so I can level myself up or you're going to get stuck with those people in your life who are really comfortable where you're at and they're the dream killers unfortunately even if they're your friends even if they're your mm -hmm. family you're you're going to flatline really hard yeah um and I whoever you're around you'll become yeah yeah. you are you are who you hang out with you are who you talk to who you listen to be careful the podcast you listen to, the, the shows you yeah. watch, everything. And, and be you're careful what you tell yourself every day. What yeah. You think. What yeah. You, like I, I coach people and I'm like, stop fucking saying that. Stop. I like, I talk to them and I just hear the way they talk on the phone and the words they use. And I'm just like, that needs to stop. Like, yeah. Vocabulary is huge. Self-deprecating. The way you talk, all that kind of thing. People don't realize it. It's subconscious. Another thing is, this is the real reality of, you know, because at the core, everybody wants to be financially successful. They want to be comfortable. Nobody wants to stress about money all the time. I don't care who you are. Everybody wants to know their bills are being prepaid. Everybody wants the comfort in that. Everybody, you know, they like nice things. We all have certain goals we have, whether it be a vacation, whether it be a car, whether it be a watch, whether it be giving back. Like you want to have influence to be able to give back more, whatever it is, every single person on this earth has those kind of goals deep down, whether they want to admit to it or not. And they're all different. That's a beautiful thing. We all can have different goals. Here's the real issue. And the real reason why you get that hate, you get that negativity, because when somebody sees someone like me, for example, because I deal with it every day and I fucking love the shit. Give me more of it. When they see me post a picture of one of my cars, that I've been in the dirt. I've had rickety cars. I had all my cars repoed. I had zero dollars and I grinded my ass off for nine years to be able to buy a car like this. And then they want to talk down on me or act like it 
it, it's some some kind of negative thing or I'm this, I'm that. The real reason why is they see that and it's they feel their insecurity inside. They know that they're not doing the work. They know that they, whatever the thing is, it may not be that exact same thing that I post or you post that they maybe want, but whatever their goal is that they're maybe so far away from, they know that they're not doing what it takes to get to there. So their insecurities come out and it makes them feel a certain kind of way. And then that negativity comes out. It's and a as trigger. long as you're as long as yep, and as mm -hmm. long as you're thinking like that, and as long as you're putting down the, the universe, you will never fucking have what you want. But like you talked about, once you start being positive, you get around the right people, you want to learn and that kind of energy. And then you follow that up with the work. It's contagious. Consistency. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's simple when you hear it. It's like, duh. But it's like so many millions and millions of people don't get it. It's crazy. But I think I it's know. harder. It's harder to apply for some people um, than most. I think some people don't want to admit that it might be an insecurity because that's a really hard thing to own up to and be like, mm -hmm. wow, why is this person making me feel this way? It's much easier to be like, oh, it's because I don't like them. I don't like their how they show off their car. I don't like how they show off their body online or, or things I, like I, that. I'm sure you get it. I mean, with the physique, with the competing, all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. all the same at different levels, right? I get, And it usually pops up a lot around Showtime because it's, it's a lot yeah. more of that. And the mm -hmm. quick responses, especially on TikTok, because TikTok's just a place where people like oh. like to troll. But TikTok's it's very wild. it's very quick to throw out like, oh, must be nice using steroids, or oh, plastic surgery this, plastic surgery that, no, or you know, and it's like no one has taken the time who wants to talk like that to scroll back and look at my yeah. physique five years exactly. ago when I was a yeah. little green bean, like string bean, mm -hmm. no yeah. nothing, and you know, very quick to throw those kinds of words out, but don't want to talk about the chicken and rice that I eat all day mm -hmm. or, you know, the endless amounts of hours in the gym. And this is not about me personally, but athletes yeah. in general, it's the same thing as far as like somebody who is super financially successful. Now we take it to like the aesthetics, like the physical, the physicality of it. They want to talk crap about you for how much you're a gym rat or this, that, and the other, but yeah. they're not seeing the background of this person goes to the gym for their mind, for their anxiety, their depression, like oh. the gym saved them. And now oh, the competitive sure. part of it is the work they put in and the physical um, growth is like the icing on the cake because that's what you get by putting in all of that. But like you said, it could potentially trigger somebody who's sitting on their couch eating chips all day, just scrolling on TikTok, being like, wow, the people that I'm yeah. seeing right now are actually doing more than me. And it's some it's in some way making me feel insecure because I know I could be doing more and I'm just not. hundred percent. No, it's it's not potential. It's definitely that's what it does every time. And um you said something that really is one of my biggest triggers. I can't stand this shit. The whole must be nice. Whatever yeah, anybody says that statement nice. so insulting. Oh my god, it's so I, insulting. Yeah, I have some huge Instagram posts with like captions like this long. When you know, because then you know, it comes up all the time. Like it must be nice. Like there's nothing nice about this. I've suffered. I've been through deeper, darker places than you've ever been. I've been fat as fuck. I've been made fun of. I've been broken than you've ever been. Like that must be nice. Like it, there's nothing nice about that. You know what I mean? So it's like people just don't get it, right? Um, yeah, but that's, that's but it comes because the, comes I mean, there's, 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 there's yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. 
So as far as till you collapse now, what are some goals you have coming up for you and your business? I know now you are dabbling into the psilocybin industry, which I would love for you to talk to um, the audience a little bit about too, because this for is such sure. a fascinating, fascinating yeah, thing to me. Sure. And this is actually how Brian and I wound up talking the most was because we had yeah. some commonalities and a few things, but um, a lot of this topic is kind of coming to service and coming to light for a lot of reasons. Um, mm -hmm. And you are being more, you're speaking out a lot about it more now too. For sure. I am. Um, well, as far as the first part of that question, until you collapse, um, just continue to grow it. Like I said, there's been a lot of um, challenge lately, but when there's challenge, there's solutions and just really caused me to change a lot of stuff in the company and grow it and just um, coming out with a lot of new products, a lot of new products and a lot of exciting things. So um, I'm just, it's, it's going in a good direction. I'm really excited for the next few months here. Um, and as far as the psilocybin, that is something that for me, um, I'm always trying to grow. I'm always trying to evolve mentally, physically, spiritually. Um, you know, I, I have a bunch of high level friends, um, cause we are who we hang around and there was always talks about it, kind of like whispers about it. And this is about a year, a year or two ago. Um, you know, I heard it here, I heard it there and I'm like, what the fuck is this? You know, and like for me, like, obviously I'm a doer. I do my own research. I start Googling it and stuff like that. Cause as far as a lot of people, when they think of it, they think of that, like everybody has it in their mind, like the, the picture of people tripping, like old school hippies mm -hmm. tripping on mushrooms. I'm a see shit. I'm a trip. Like that's what everybody goes to. Cause everybody has that preconceived thought in their mind like they do with everything the way they're conditioned and they're they're raised on everything right so um i looked into it and i looked into the benefits of microdosing and i looked into okay and like all the benefits that i looked into i'm like this is all shit that like myself and everybody needs and it's like some of the most most major shit that everybody nowadays deal with you know stress anxiety depression uh focus creativity like all that kind of shit and then I think like this is this is something that comes from the earth that's been been used for hundreds and hundreds of years by other civilizations for for these kind of benefits. Um, and like I said, I can't stand pharmaceuticals. I can't stand. I feel like pharmaceutical companies, A, they're just trying to make money and B, they'll give you one drug that will create another problem that you mm -hmm. need to take another drug. And it's just like a domino effect. They just continuously make you more money and feed you more drugs where you have this something that's natural comes from the earth. And it just, like I said, I've been doing it pretty heavily microdosing now for the past almost a year now. And for me, a lot of the stuff I struggle with as far as focus, um, creativity, stuff like that, it's helped night and day. A little bit of anxiety for me, but not, not much depression, not much anxiety, but just, and it, and it affects people in different ways. There's a list like this long of positive mm -hmm. benefits, which I know everybody has a few in there. Um and I'm just like, this is something that's going to be the next thing. So I, I got involved in it and, I, and I, I'm, I'm heavily talking about it. And it's, it's like it's moving in the right direction, right? Everything you see is like, it's, it's kind of like cannabis was eight to 10 years ago. That's so what it reminds me of a lot. For sure. But I, it's very early on. But like, as far as cannabis, like, you know, I've smoked in my lifetime and I used to smoke before I lived. And I, I just, I can't like as high level as I am. I can't smoke like during the day, like with the amount of meetings, with the, like conversations. It kind of, it's definitely good. Like I'll have maybe like a tequila and like smoke at night to relax. But like, I don't even do that consistently. I don't even drink consistently either. But the one thing I do consistently 
lately has been mushrooms. You know, even when I'm dieting, even even as hard as I'm pushing myself physically, like that's one thing I've been doing consistently. And um, like I said, the benefits are huge. I'm loving it. And, and you too. I mean, you have some experience with it, right? Yeah, I, I started talking about it a little bit because like you said, it's very um taboo i guess i don't even know if that's the right and word and but here's people... the thing why is it taboo i'm not why i'm not sure and i'm not sure you know and i, I mean? guarantee like... you we won't be having we'll this conversation again in like probably the next couple of years maybe not even and yeah. it's not going to be like that but there are so many benefits and i personally started microdosing when i was very very depressed and for me to wind up a depressed person was shocking like yeah. fucking shocking. So the fact that I wound up in that dark place in my life, I felt like I didn't have anywhere to turn and I was not about to get prescribed antidepressants or anti-anxiety medications when I knew deep down that there was just something mentally that needed to be unlocked and unblocked because it didn't feel like something was wrong with me. I felt like I had just been through some shit and I needed to somehow get my mind out of feeling stuck. And I personally, from my own experience, feel like that's what it did for me. And it allowed me to see outside my own perspective, calm my anxiety down just enough so I could see things for face value. Because if you, I don't know if you've experienced it because you said your anxiety wasn't really an issue, but mm -hmm. for those who have experienced anxiety, when it's really bad, you can't even see straight. Like there is no talking you off the cliff. You are just kind of like on a downward spiral. It's very hard to gain control. And for some reason, microdosing made me slow down. It made me slow down yeah. and it made me focus and it helped me see things with a little bit more of a positive connotation behind them. So for me, it was a huge perspective shift and that allowed me to sink into everything that I'm doing now. And I, it was a tool. It was a tool to kind of like help me bridge the gap between where I wanted to be mentally and what I was experiencing. And not to say that it's perfect and that every day is great now because I still yeah. have my, you know, struggles, that's but life. it yeah, helped life. a ton. And mm -hmm. my sister is actually getting into integrative coaching for psilocybin where she wants to be an integrative coach. And she took a deep dive down the education rabbit hole with mm -hmm psilocybin therapy and what they're doing even in doctor's offices now where they are administering these um, bits of psilocybin or even like MDMA and um, ketamine clinics. And there's there's just so many things that are happening now in, on that side of the healing like therapy that are making extreme moves versus like giving pharmaceutical drugs to somebody yeah. and having oh, them wind huge. up, like you said, just addicted. It's huge. Yeah, so yeah, I'm they're, very they're, like intrigued by the entire industry. Yeah, it's um, they're like you know they're like reversing and curing PTSD and like yeah. the worst cases and stuff like that. Like and like you said, and it's just like, and they're giving people bigger doses and they recommend bigger doses. I've never taken a bigger dose because I'm more of a control guy. I never like to be super like out of control mm -hmm. of what's going on in my body and mind. But they say that like once to twice a year you should take a big dose it really unlocks parts of your mind it really forces you to like you said either look outside in and really deal with anything you're dealing with and that's what they're doing with these cases and they're giving them a big dose and they're like whatever demons or whatever they're, they're dealing with it forces them to deal with it and it's gone and it's like they're better and it's, it's yeah. not fluff it's not bullshit it's, it's not fluff <laughs> happening, for, happening for thousands of people you know yeah what I mean? so it's like 
um, there's no negatives to it. You know what I mean? So it's like, and then just like the same thing, like I feel like cannabis had this bad rap too, you know, the way they pushed it back in the day, like mm-hmm. a pot, like they, 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 they made everyone that, that smoked weed look like they were lazy and they were bad yeah. people. And like, and then, and then again, like, and then alcohol is just like, alcohol is like, don't get me wrong. Like I don't drink, like I'll go months without drinking alcohol, but I enjoy you know, socially is when I like to do stuff, right? I'll not drink for two months and then I'll have fucking eight shots. Mm-hmm. That's just who I am. Like, if it was a good time, like, I don't mind doing it socially, but as far as consistently, that's a depressant. That it drinks all the time. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's just something that the way it affects your mind and body is one of the most negative things. And it's something that's so positive. It's so accepted. Everybody has a drink. Oh, let me have a half a bottle or a bottle of wine every night. That's okay. But you want to you wanna smoke a J or, or take a mushroom and you're some fucking hooligan? Like, yeah. It's just, funny the way, <laughs> it's, it's just funny the way people think, right? It's yeah. the way we're conditioned. But it's like, for me, alcohol has made me feel way worse and affected me way more than a fucking joint or fucking mushrooms ever have. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it doesn't make sense. But then again, we know the media, the way people are conditioned yeah. and they're guided, they're just going to follow it, right? Yeah. I th- I'm, I'm really curious to see how much more we'll see of of this in the future too. Yeah. Um, and do you um, do you feel like you notice a lot of people in like the fitness industry who are dabbling into it or more of like the entrepreneur side and like um, big... Honestly, it, it it's kind of crazy because I mean, you see me, I'm kind of outspoken when I post it and talk about mm-hmm. it. Um, and I get, I get everybody from top to bottom, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not one certain niche of people. No, it's, it's a lot of here's everybody. A, here's the thing. Cause you got to figure the stuff that the mushrooms and the microdosing helps with is stuff that we all humans, I don't care who you are, what, what you're into, what niche you're in. It's something we all deal with. Right. So yeah, it's, it's basic like, like neurological I, I get, functioning. Yeah. I get it from all walks of life. And even like I said, people, I wouldn't expect, which is kind of funny, like people that are almost like the straightest arrow and like you wouldn't expect. And then they're like, Oh, and I'm like, okay, I didn't expect that, but that that's a vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. This, this is funny. You know what I mean? So it's just like everybody. Yeah. Because honestly, like I said, I'm not just saying this because something I'm involved in, or I'm passionate about, like, there's no reason not to. I take it every day. Like I have vitamins and minerals. I take green stuff. I take every day to be healthy. It's part of that. It's part of my daily routine. That's just how I do it. Yeah, it's really interesting. And for those of you listening who have never heard about any of this before or don't really have any education on microdosing, I would encourage you to do your research and Mm -hmm. um, look up clinical trials, read about what people are doing in therapies now and um, yeah, just do your own research and and find out for yourself like what the benefits are and what the actual benefits are, not just somebody telling you to go take a bunch of mushrooms because that's not, that's not the same, but do your research and, um, read up on anything. Yeah. The actual benefits because it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. What was that? I mean, that's, that's, I said, that's great advice. And that's, that's what you would think all the time, right? With anything. You would think, you would think. Do your research, look into it. You know, but now most people just want to go off what the news tells them. So yeah, and um, yeah, it's that's a that's hard. That's a tough one for me. Just turn yeah. turn the TV off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, do your research. It's you'll. I think you guys will find it very very enlightening. Um, and 
also hit up Brian because he's got lots to talk about on that too. Um, thank you so much for taking your time to talk about everything today. I feel like I could talk your ear off for another like three hours. I mean, for sure, yeah. Maybe I, another I, topic, I'm, another podcast sometime 100%. soon. But um, for those of you who are wanting to look up Brian, we'll leave his information below. And you can always visit the Till You Collapse Instagram and website as well. Seriously, some of the most amazing fitness apparel I've ever worn. And it's not just because I work with Brian. These clothes to me are very similar to Lulu and the quality. And like we talked about earlier, the message behind the company is something that I strongly believe in. Another reason why I support it. So make sure to head on over there and please let us know. We are definitely open. If you guys have any questions about the episode or want us to talk about any other topics, feel free to DM me or DM Brian. And I will look forward to seeing you guys on the next Fearless as Fuck the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Fearless As Fuck podcast. It is my intention to continue to bring you uplifting, empowering, and overall inspiring interviews to help you continue to thrive and truly understand how to step into your power just like I did. I am so honored you have taken the time to listen and I'd love to connect with each and every one of you. Don't forget you can find me on Instagram and YouTube at Christina.Lauren and at the Fearless AF podcast. And on YouTube, you can search Christina Lauren, The Fearless Collective. Don't forget to subscribe and share and leave a review. I would love to know what you guys think of the podcast and also some thoughts on topics you would like me to cover and guests you would like to see on The Fearless As Fuck podcast. I'll see you next time.